I got a new computer and monitor here, so really, I, I would love to see it. Send pics of my computer. What you got? I don't know. Here's my monitor. My uh, there's absolutely zero like. There's no fluff with this thing, but it's good performance so far. Worked pretty well with solid works. Looks like a gaming computer with the neon lights in there. Well, I don't think it. Yeah, maybe the lights are shining. That's RGB way. lighting, man. That's a gaming computer. Is that brand new? Yeah. Uh, our, the guy that does all of our computer stuff here, he built it. <clears throat> I think this monitor's like I don't know what is this about. What kind of twenty six twenty six inches or something? Uh, give me a second here. Chop, type it in. Ah, here we go. The host can see. Hey, there we go. Okay, we got you in. I'm uh, doing this from a high tech broadcast studio. In my car. That works. Yeah, I like it. Well, hey. it's quiet i'm at i'm at my track and i expected a quiet night where i could find a spot and it didn't turn out that way so. <laughs> gotta go in a car yeah awesome. we've um i've done that before and uh the truck or the car is the best place to go sometimes to get quiet yeah well yeah. jason did it once and then he had people knocking out the window remember that <laughs> yeah well i can't guarantee that won't happen here. <laughs> hey that's all right hey, whatever somebody Somebody comes to the shop and wants me. They're they're you know they're likely not to respect the fact that I'm sitting in the car. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's okay. like, man. What's wrong with Chuck just hanging out in the car? Yeah, yeah. let me go over <laughs> and see. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks, Chuck, for uh, joining us here on the podcast. And um, I think one thing that I think would be nice is maybe give us. Uh, the correct pronunciation of your last name <laughs> and uh and uh what and, and how you got into and how you got into rc well the, the last name is kleinhagen uh and um let's see i got into rc i'm the kind of dad that refuses to buy my kids even though they're adults practical gifts <laughs> so my son was turning 22 at christmas back in 2002 and I was stumped at what to do and a new track had opened here in the Kansas City area and a friend uh, drug us to look at it and I was in there about five minutes and I knew what I was doing as a fun Christmas gift for both of us uh, and uh, that's uh, but we got started. I, I originally looked at doing it when he was younger in the 90s and uh, we had gone to a track here in Kansas City, and we were kind of overwhelmed. Um, nobody made an effort to, to you know, to, to see if we needed info or anything like that. So we kind of played around a little bit with a, a, a Kyosho Optima uh, back then, but then lost interest. But then in 2002, uh, since then, we've been in it pretty uh, intensively. We went from him racing and me crewing to me trying to race along with him to owning a shop and tracks and uh, having a lot of fun. So in, so on the addiction scale, you're pretty high. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my wife, I think correctly accuses me of, of, um, sort of doing, uh, going overboard, no matter what it is I get involved in. So I, I guess, you know, we've, I've probably proven her correct uh, on that. Um, I've also flunked retirement, which people tell me it's hard to do. I retired from the corporate world and, uh, and then open this place and uh, now work probably more hours than I did in the corporate world. So, uh, well, talk to us a little bit about that. What, what you did in the corporate world. Uh, I think, you know, that's kind of interesting and, and, uh, just the fact that, you know, you got into RC, but you did a lot of other things, right? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm, uh, my, my basic degree, uh, my bachelor's is in, in mechanical engineering and kind of been a gearhead, into um some uh foreign motorsports at least as a fan uh pretty much my adult life i did some sports car club of america racing when i was younger and uh and and i've done my my, my son and i have done a number of uh, uh of full-size race schools and things like that we built a lemons car and so we kind of have that and uh, the the engineering led me into uh, the vehicle industry, uh, first the automotive industry at Ford and then, uh, the commercial vehicle industry on the supplier side. And, uh, um, I moved from engineering into management and was fortunate enough to find a situation where we put together a management team and, uh, and built a, uh, an international supplier of brake systems and components for, uh, commercial vehicles, um, headquartered, uh, the parent company was headquartered in Sweden, but the, that business, uh, for the time that I was running it and building it, was headquartered here in the U.S. It's still actually has a large U.S. presence. It, 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 the largest part of its business is still in the U.S. So, so that when, that that kept me traveling around the world and exposed me to a whole lot of things. So it was a, a good time. When when you were so when you were engineering at Ford, was there any uh, specific things that I don't know that uh, you could talk about there? Not really. I mean, I th- that was wow. That uh, was in the mid seventies and and uh, early seventies and mid seventies and uh, during the first energy crisis when when uh, when gas station lines were long and. Uh, uh, the industry suddenly discovered small cars, things like Pintos and <laughs> Vegas and, and things of that nature. Um, I worked on, on um, I mean, I, I was a young engineer at the time and, and Ford had in some ways more engineers than they knew how to keep busy. Uh, so uh, uh, there were a lot of people typically on, on any project. That's, it's not quite that way today, but uh we, I, we, I did uh, some structural engineering work and uh, actually some interior work. I actually did some work on the first generation of uh, automatic seat belts, which were a nightmare. But uh, mm. uh, but but uh, I did a number of things there. And then, like I said, I went over to the supplier side and we supplied <coughs> commercial. I mean, first um, as an engineer at at uh, Two different companies uh, ending up as uh, head of engineering for uh, for them, and then uh, uh, ended up at the last job uh, um, 
with the Swedish company, and uh, there we built, uh, we did everything from analog braking systems to uh, the uh, the lining, uh, the brake lining on the on the wheels. So, so, um, so did you? Would you say that you 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 kind of retired out of that job, or did you just kind of decide you were going to get out of it in general? Well, I. Um, as I said, I, you know, I, the engineering side, um, I had this, uh, uh, an opportunity where, um, uh, American companies typically don't take pull pluck people out of engineering and, and make them general managers. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, European companies, uh, uh, particularly Swedish companies in my experience, uh, place a lot more emphasis on, on engineering and, and, so they gave me an opportunity to move from engineering into general management and then uh, reached a point where um, we had gone from a small, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, my family's outside waving at the car. I told you somebody. Was <laughs> That's all right. Uh, 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 reached a point where um, we became the dominant business in, in this uh, Swedish industrial group. And um, reached a point where, the, 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 frankly, the board of directors' idea on how it should be run and my idea on how it should be run no longer gelled. So yeah. uh, they gave me an opportunity to essentially consult for them for several years uh, as a exit from uh, the real business. And I, I took that opportunity and... Uh, about that time, this track here in Kansas City that my son and I got started at went bankrupt, and I made what was both a really good and a really bad decision uh, and said, gee, I don't want to sit at home while I'm retired. Why not reopen this facility and uh, do something that I have fun doing? Uh, not, I can't call it for a living, but, uh, as a way to spend my time. So, so when, so is it the place that you got into it? Was it called fast lane then, or did you like set your it, name and all that? Yeah, no, it was fast lane raceway and hobby. And, and I was really clever and I dropped the and hobby and called it fast lane raceway. Uh, yeah. yeah so, um, was that engineering coming in there, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I mean, it, it had some name recognition in the area and, and, uh, it, it seemed a shame to, uh, um, uh, not to take advantage of that. I knew the people that ran it, uh, um, um, we became good friends and, and they had no objections. And so, um, it, it, it started from scratch as a separate business, not on, based on the, not based on the assets of the old business because of the bankruptcy issues, but, uh, but I did pirate their name. Um, I stole that with pride. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I've always liked, I've always liked the name. I find it easy to remember. Um, and you know, uh, doing what sometimes uh, with, with us, you know, we deal with a lot of different tracks we go to and you're like, you know, um, cruising through and yeah, I, I, I find it kind of one of the ones. And for whatever reason, I remember fast lane and blue Springs, Missouri. I don't, I don't know why, but like, <laughs> I, and maybe it's the blue part of it. I, I don't know, but, um, 
you know, I always tell people, I'm like, oh, we're going to go over to that race in Blue Spring. And, you know, it's like, like I'm a local, you know. There you go. Well, maybe we must have made a decent impression when you came, I guess. So, do I have the track up there? Is that correct? Oh, yeah. That's, the, uh, let's see. That looks like a robo track. There you go. Okay. That's one of them. Yeah. yeah that surface looks killer. Well, we, um, we, I, we, we take some pride in our, in our track prep. In fact, the, uh, Right now, going on behind me, we have our outdoor uh, eight-scale track being prepped. Uh, we start uh, our annual off-road riot uh, race uh, uh, tomorrow uh, with practice. So we're doing final raking and prep on on that right now. So uh, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So to give everybody a little bit of a an idea, of the layout there, and basically, if you have the overhead view, um, you got the main indoor building. Uh, if you're looking at it from the top uh, and then you got the eight scale track and then you got what the, the dirt oval there, right? Right. Right. And in the indoor building, we have the indoor off-road and uh, kind of an extension on the building that houses our carpet track. So, so is it, and it's, uh, is it mostly a carpet oval to use it for, or you use it for anything? Carpet on road, on road and oval. Uh, mm-hmm. So we switch it during what i'll call the season the cool months during the summer we don't it doesn't get used much at all yeah uh, but uh during the cooler months uh, we switch it uh every week to oval for uh two days and on road for the rest of the week so did um so you you mentioned that uh you got you got into the rc uh with your son and what um i, I forgot to ask you earlier what what classes you you kind of picked up on or which ones kind of hooked you in on the whole thing well we got we got we got started as uh carpet oval racers okay and um um uh, you know and and took that to excess by building our own chassis and stuff uh for a while and then um uh he has stayed pretty much uh, as just a carpet oval racer, and I I have proven that I am equally poor at all forms of <laughs> racing that we do here. Uh, I, <laughs> I, Same. I I I I probably do best if I only have to turn left. Um, <laughs> next best is on road where I only have to turn left and right. Then we add the third dimension of up and down, and and Oof. and I really look sad, but. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but still have a good time doing it. So, Yeah, and, you know, what, what I see a lot is there's quite a few uh, videos and stuff out there of the outdoor track, uh, you know, doing the eight scales. And, uh, you know, I know Jared comes out there quite a bit and does some running and tries to keep sharp in the eight scale side of things. But that's more of a summer. Is yeah. That more of a summer item. Yeah, it's it's. it's- Typically, um, depending on the weather, I, uh, I, uh, we might get started as early as mid-April and we may run to mid-October, but, you know, this is, we're, we're about to wind down, uh, our, our outdoor season, both oval and off-road and then concentrate in indoors. Uh, so. Yeah. And we're obviously we're, we're doing an event there that, which is coming up in uh, November. Yep. We uh, the our tenth annual J Concepts Winter Indoor Shootout and Invitational. Uh, appreciate your support uh, for all ten years. 
uh, here. Um, it, it's uh, it's typically our uh, um, our biggest event or second biggest event of the year, uh, um, and uh, uh, we look forward to it every year. The, the format with uh, combining a reading style uh, invitational uh, portion together with uh, normal. Uh, if more qualifying and mains uh, for uh, the open classes uh, uh, it seems to have been a hit all these years. So, yeah, uh, uh, it's amazing that it's been ten years already. Yeah, time, time flies. Uh, so and so, uh, talking about uh, those couple of events a little bit, you said you got the off-road riot that's going on behind you. They're building and, and, and tweaking and getting it ready right now. Yep. That's uh, the off-road riot uh, we, we kind of do together with uh, Mike Garrison of Boom RC. Oh. Um, uh, he, he promotes two events every year, one indoors, one outdoors uh, at, at our facility. Uh, this year, this one's been like everybody uh, in all industries and, and obviously in our industry as well. The, this has been a strange summer. Uh, this is normally a spring event. That we kick off our outdoor season with, but uh, because of the virus and, and restrictions on gatherings and such, uh, at that time we pushed it out. To, we actually pushed it out to early September, and that got rained out. So uh, uh, we're uh, we're now doing it the, this weekend. Uh, we'll have somewhere typically between 125 and 150 entries. Uh, for it it's a three-day event uh practice friday qualifying saturday mains on sunday um we're uh, mike is going to try something a little different this year instead of long single a mains in nitro we're going to try uh shorter uh double a's uh, just to uh, minimize the situation where um in my opinion, too often, halfway through the long A main, there's only two or three people that still have any any shot at uh, being competitive because of any number of problems. Uh, maybe with a couple of shorter A mains, we can keep more people competitive. Of course, mm -hmm. the, the guys who are really great on fuel mileage and endurance don't particularly like that change, but uh, 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 we're, we're going to give it a try. So Good. And... Uh so talk to us a little bit about the, um, you know, we know you came into being the, the Roar president, right? Yep. So like you said, uh, or your wife said that uh, you go all in, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I can't, uh, I, I just don't seem to do anything uh, in moderation, I guess. Uh, so, uh, well, yeah, let's I, talk about that. I mean, we... Um, it's a big, it's a big, uh, it's a big job. People don't realize what it's like to be in something like that. It's, um, uh, let's see. I've been on the executive committee for, boy, how long has you say time flies. So it's, it's at least, I think it's almost eight years. Ooh, that's even longer than I thought. <laughs> uh, uh, that I've, I've been on the executive committee and uh, the, the previous uh, president uh, two years ago decided he wasn't going to run. And I thought we had some things going that uh, and a little momentum built in some areas. Um, 
that um, we should continue on. And, and um, so I, 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 I guess threw my hat in a ring and um, uh, was fortunate enough to win the election. And uh, it's been uh, it's been an honor to try to serve uh, serve the community, racer community, RC racer community. Uh, these two years, uh, it's, um, it's, it's, you know, my, my business background helps, but it's a whole lot different than a normal business. Uh, Jason and, and, uh, Gotti, I'm not sure, but, uh, about you, I actually, I have to apologize because I'm not sure about your background, but normally in business, you can motivate people with both a carrot and a stick. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you can, uh, re, you know, motivate them through encouraging and all of that on the carrot side and, and there's the stick in terms of whether they get a raise or whether they even keep a job. Um, the roar uh, is, with the exception of the administrator who's paid, everyone else is a volunteer. Uh, so, so you don't get to use a stick at all. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, it, it's, it's all about, you know, um, persuasion, <clears throat> motivation right. to, to, to try to keep people on the same page and moving in the same direction and, and uh, hopefully getting things done. There's a good group of people uh, that I'm working with, and, and I don't want to. Oh, we lost Chuck. It's coming back. And you're balancing that with, with real world and, and a real job that uh, the, the volunteer activity seems to need attention at exactly the worst times uh, for your real world. <laughs> Yeah, you know, or for your real life, I guess you could say. So, uh, I appreciate the people who volunteer their time because I know, um, from my own experience, uh, sometimes you, you need to provide that time at, at when it's not terribly convenient uh, 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 for you. I was I spent a whole lot of time last summer uh, on my phone in lines at Disney World with my grandchildren, oh. uh, texting and and emailing on, on Roar issues because, uh, well, there was actually an international issue that came up on uh, uh, on spec motors. And it's like, this is not the right time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be getting on this ride with the grandkids. Yes, but, uh, About to get on Space Mountain and you have to right. take care of international. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's, that's probably the, the, uh, the biggest challenges is, is um trying to balance the, um, uh, the, the, the need on a volunteer side, uh, with, with, uh, with what you do for a living or what you're doing, you know, as your normal activity. So, uh, I'm, I'm technically retired, but I'm spending 55 to 60 hours a week with fast lane. So, uh, no, I mean, it's amazing. Um, yeah. and, you know, that you're, you know, doing both and volunteering in that roar position. Um, you know, I right. always, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I, I want to mention that everybody on the executive committee is in the same kind of situation where they're balancing a, 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 um, a real life, real full-time uh, existence with, with the, the, with the, uh, or job with, uh, with their roar responsibility. So, uh, uh I, I know sometimes members wish we could do things faster, um, you know. But you know, we're 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 really working with limited resources. You know, a, a group of part-time people. So, and you know, and and Roar is a little difficult because 
there's it seems like a lot of the events come up during the same months of the year you know you guys are um you really only you have one major event per year in each of the classes which is for the roar national title right yeah. And and over the years, it's been still is the biggest race to win. Um, it's the most prestigious here in the U.S. Uh, I think that's always the most excited the racers are when they win them. And it, they feel like it's the legitimate uh, title. Well, we, we, we hope so. I mean, I, I, I think while, while we hear a lot of complaints about technical inspection and our rules and stuff like that i i i think when you when you look at across the spectrum of the events held uh in the u.s um we like to think at least that 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 we have some of the toughest and most thorough tech inspection of, of any of those events and so the racers know um that they're competing on on a level playing field and um uh, uh, and, and I think that helps to, uh, I, with the prestige of, of winning the event, uh, you know, they, they, you know, they know everybody had to bring their A game and everybody had to follow the same rules and, and, uh, and comply with those rules. And I'm not suggesting that at other events, people aren't complying with the rules, but you know, you kind of don't know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, for instance, you know, we, we do a lot of events throughout the year, uh, even, um, you know, a lot of the, our summer events here and the, the way the schedules work, some, uh, you know, they're going in other, uh, time slots, but yeah. there, there, there really is no, I mean, we just ran the, the Southern nationals in Louisiana and great event, big, big turnout, but there really is no rules. There's no technical inspection. Um, we're just, we really go by the racers, um, honesty you know you, you could you guys could run truggy fuel tanks out there and a number of things but for the most part we deal with a pretty good group of guys that keep their cars roar legal and they say hey i'm gonna run it like this regardless because i know if we're having to run a roar nationals i'm gonna keep it the same yeah i i think you know whether everybody inspects to the rules to enforce them or not i think as, as you say the racers and even and the tracks or promoters all know the rules are there mm-hmm. and and i i like to think that that uh you know for most people uh if you won by doing something you weren't supposed to win you probably don't get the same satisfaction out of it as, as you do if uh you followed all the rules and, and, and managed to win. So, um, most people I think do a pretty good job of policing themselves. Uh, but there's, there's some gray areas and, and uh, you'll always have, we're, I mean, we're competing, we're competitors. We're always push, uh, the limits a little bit. And, and I think most of the issues that, that you come across year after year are not outright blatant attempts to, to cheat, but you know, somebody trying to push at the edges a little bit and uh and you need the occasional event with some tech inspection to kind of push back against against that at the edges because i think if you don't push back then 
everybody sees that movement at the edge, and then everybody tries to go a little bit further and a little bit further. So, uh, the the thing that I've been impressed with over the years at some of the roar events um, was, you know, there's a lot of racers that um, when they go and talk to technical inspection or they have a disagreement or they get DQ'd and how angry some of the racers do get at the, at the people working there, um, how they really don't take it all that personally. Like I, it's funny because they get upset, but at the same time I see them like they kind of move on and they don't take it super personally. And they're just like, yeah, we know these guys are competitors and they're going to yell and scream at us. But at the end of the day, they'll calm down. And, and uh, I've always been impressed that it still seems to go over pretty well. Um, and the guys don't tend to take it all that personally. Well, you know, um, some years back before I joined the executive committee, uh, Roar adopted this approach of using a race management team and, and you could, you can make an argument that we, that Roar really rents the track for the event, uh, from, from the host track. And, uh, then Roar provides, uh, a race director and an announcer and the tech tech inspection team and the rest of it to, to keep the event going. And one of the things that that's done is, you know, we've got now people, uh, doing that job, those jobs on the race management team, who've got a fair amount of experience doing it now. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, when a racer gets angry with them because of, uh, because they've been called out on a rule or they've been called out for not taking their marshaling position when they were supposed to or whatever, uh, it's it, the guy on the race management team who's made that call. It's not the first time he's made it. And it's not the first time somebody's gotten angry with them. And I think, I think that experience helps them, kind of process it and take it all in stride uh, a, a little bit more. Uh, now, now those guys are all human and, and uh, it, it gets to them sometimes too. Uh, I can tell you that if I'm not at events, my phone is usually busy during the events. Uh, and, 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 uh, uh, and, and, and the guys know they can call and vent to me, which is better than venting at the track. But uh, yeah, you know, so uh yeah, I mean, over the years, I think um, it's been pretty impressive uh, watching some of that type of stuff and how it's kind of gone. And, and uh, so I've definitely picked up on that. Um, well, I, I, so, I take your comments as a compliment. Just checking my microphone here. So uh, talk to us about... Um, is there any things that you can talk with about Roar about any upcoming changes? I know we've all talked a little bit. I don't know how public things are, but uh, what if there's anything you can say about upcoming things in the works? Well, I, I you know, I, I, um, you mentioned you know the, the the six different Roar Nationals every year, and they're they're uh, a main focus of our activities along with, with, you know, rules and rule enforcement and product approvals and stuff like that, where product approvals are, are necessary. Um, this has been a crazy year and it looks like we're going to run only two nationals. We've probably planned eight or 10 of them. Uh, uh, but, uh, uh be- because, uh, some of those we've postponed or canceled, we looked at alternatives and, and went through planning for them and, 
And then it seemed every time we picked a spot, it, it became the new hot spot in the country. And we, we weren't certain we could go ahead and pull it off. So, uh, but we're kind of always looking at, at, um, at ways, uh, to, uh, uh, to see if we can improve that experience for people. Uh, and, um, over the years, uh, our fuel nationals, and I'm, I'm not, we're technically not, this isn't ready for prime time, I guess you could say. So, I, uh, you know, I hope anybody out there listening uh, isn't going to try to zero in on any anything I say here as, as casting concrete or um, nitpick at details. One of, the, one of the problems I found with trying to do anything different is um, as, as soon as you start floating ideas and talking about them, you got you can count on a bunch of people uh, shooting, trying to shoot holes in those ideas before you even get them fully worked out. So, uh, yeah. and that's not unique to RC, but uh, uh, but sometimes it feels like it's worse in RC. But uh, we're uh, so we're we're kind of looking at some things. When 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 I ran for president, you know, I, I was asked a question in an interview about. Um, you know, changing up nationals, and and there there were there were and are I think two main streams of thought around fuel off road, which is our biggest event every year, and and one was whether instead of a single event that should be uh, a series, and uh, another school of thought was, um, you know, should we go back to the way it was a whole bunch of years ago, where you have to qualify to race at nationals um a long time ago you had to go through the regions and and, and win a regional uh, to go to the nationals i did and, and um uh and, and lately some people i think you can fairly say some people argue that getting in the fuel nationals has become a race to hit send on your computer uh, and get registered before it gets signed, before it gets sold out, ra- rather than uh, your entry being decided by your racing on the track. So, um, doing a series is is somewhat problematic given the number of big events there are every year and finding a, a spot for them. And, and in some ways, a series—I don't want to use—I I will use the term. Uh, um, the series narrows the, the 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 number of people who have a legitimate shot at winning a national title. Somebody's not going to have a great day. Um, you know, a Jared Tebow for his first time is going to have a tough time. You know, ending up in 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 the A main as he did. You know, at, at his first uh, national. Uh, you know, kind of thing. You're not you're you're not going to see that um, if you've got a series. Uh, so we are looking at um, whether we should uh, introduce a form of qualifying to where um, you've got to qualify to be able to race for the national title. Uh, in, in conjunction with that, we're looking at a lot of people have said, well, you know, we've got 350 entries and they're all in, in two classes, buggy and truggy. Uh, so there's, you know, you only crown two, uh, two winners. Um, should there be something where like pros and Joes, you know, pro and sportsmen and, uh, you know, where people who don't have a hope of 
winning a national title uh, against the top racers might still hold out hope of being number one and I'll call it their class. So we're looking at both those things, qualifying uh, to be able to race for the championship and um, a, um, uh, a non-champion buggy class and a non-championship truggy class mm. to where uh, uh, is, is the easiest way. I, I don't want to use terms like sportsman, expert, and pro because they, they've taken on different meanings at different commercial events. Uh, so, so I don't, I, I don't want to create confusion, but, but, but we'll talk in terms of, you know, a group of people who qualify to be able to compete for the national championship on the basis of running a qualifying event prior to the national, uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, a, a kind of pool of people who, uh, are racing, not in the championship bracket, but in a, a supporting bracket or, uh, or, or something like that. And Jason, as you know, we, we've had some discussions with a number of the of the uh, of the teams, uh, the fuel teams, uh, and suppliers uh, around that. I think we're I think we're fairly close to um, putting something final together and, and actually soliciting uh, proposals from some tracks and stuff for these qualifiers. I mean, as it stands now, we're we're thinking uh, probably four qualifying events. Uh, and, um, some number of people locked in based on the prior year, uh, championship. Uh, and, um, you would go to a qualifying event, you would elect to run the championship class or to run, or you would elect to run the supporting class. And if you finish high enough in the championship class, you're qualified to run the championship class at, at nationals. Um, so I, um, I think, you know, from, our discussions, I mean, it would, uh, it would give, uh, more than that one track who hosts nationals. It would give more than one track a year, uh, the opportunity to run a, a meaningful roar race. Uh, and, uh, and we would disperse them geographically. So roar and, and, uh, some scaled down version of, of, uh, of our support team would, uh, would appear, you know, uh, around the country, uh, and, uh, people would run those events under roar rules like we do nationals. So when they got to nationals, they wouldn't be surprised by, uh, you know, what we check for and, and what rules they have to, to meet. Um, so, yeah. um, but, um, you know, the devil's in the details. So, uh, uh, getting all those details worked out is uh, where we're at right now. So. I'd like it, but I would never qualify for the nationals. You might, <laughs> but you could, based on what he's saying, then you can just well, go in and run the other class. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I, you know, we, 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 you know, we, 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 there are, I, I, I don't know how to split it in terms of proportions here, but you know, we, we get a number of people who love the idea that it's, all one class and, and everybody's kind of racing one class when they go to, uh, fuel off-road. Uh, and, uh, then we got a number of people who, who go, well, gee, I mean, these guys have no hope, uh, of, uh, of winning, uh, against the top 20 or 30 pros in the country. So, 
uh, you know, why not do something where they where they get to win something? I mean, yeah. our answer to that historically has been, you know, we give out trophies for all means. Uh, so, yeah. uh, instead of winning a trophy for sportsmen, you win a trophy for the E main, but uh, you, you still go home with a trophy. Uh, or the P main, uh, Jason. Yeah. Or it could be lower than the E. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be lower. I'd be way down there. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if it were me racing through a off road, it would be how low, how high do the letters go? And, uh, <laughs> and, and I'd be in that one. So. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, um, my friend Brad Ralphs, um, he was racing in the in the eighties, and the first national he went to, it went to double mains. So it was like, you know, the double. You know, people joke about the double Z main. Well, there was actually like you know double mains. Like right. in, there was more mains than there was alphabet. Oh, oh right, all right. Get the double A's, A B A C A. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of interesting. Uh, but he said he was pitting next to somebody there that his buddy was giving him a hard time, and because he had gotten last, you know, last in like the last main, and his buddy was saying it's like man that makes you the worst driver in the nation <laughs> <laughs> right he could he could have responded well no i'm only the worst driver who showed up yeah <laughs> i'm the worst of everybody that's here Let's i like it straight. yeah yeah so um yeah it was pretty pretty funny stuff but yeah, I mean it's it's interesting to talk about the roar stuff one other thing i was going to ask you before we switch back to fast lane was uh you know, Roar is uh, scheduled to do the next uh, World Championships for 10th scale. It, has there been any updates or things that maybe you can talk about there? And and because th I they they kind of bumped the schedule up, right? Yeah. If 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 Mar eventually made the decision uh, that all, uh, frankly that all of the blocks uh, had recommended, which was uh, just forget 2020 exists and. and and move 2020 to 21 and 21 to 22, just push everything out a, a year. Uh, um, uh, we were, uh, we were looking for proposals for tracks to host the 2021 worlds for 10 scale off-road, uh, during the COVID thing. And, and tracks would tell us, I, I you know, I don't know if I'm going to be in business next month. Yeah. I can't, I can't make a proposal for a world's event in 2021 when, when I got no idea, uh, if I'm going to survive. Uh, so, um, the 2021 worlds that would have been, uh, in the U S, uh, will, uh, for 10 scale will now be the 2022 world, 10 scale worlds uh, here in the U S. Okay. So, um, and, and, and we had, we had, we had a couple interesting proposals that, uh, uh, preliminary proposals from people before the whole COVID thing hit, um, uh, that we'll go back and, and, and touch base with those people and, and revisit and see uh, see if they're what their situation is and if they're interested uh, in going forward. I'll use this as a segue to say we're we're kind of doing, with the exception of carpet off road or I'm sorry carpet on road um, nationals and the fuel on road nationals, which we're running uh, next week in in uh, Texas. Uh, the other nationals for this year are are kind of just being pushed. Uh, to next year, the tracks that we're going to host them this year, uh, if they're able, 
and, and you know, still viable and able. We'll host them in uh, 2021, and uh, uh, we'll be. Uh, we should be in the process right now of putting together the information to ask for proposals for carpet on-road nationals and fuel on-road nationals for 2021. So, uh, but the other tracks, 2021 should be the tracks that they were going to host them in 2020. You know what? Uh, I get a question about, and this might be something you guys have talked about, is uh, we haven't done a grower off-road nationals on carpet or astroturf yet um has that have you guys talked about that at all or gotten any proposals for it, doing race on carpet or astroturf it, 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 it yes it, it's been talked about i i, I and, and i can say that at, at this point that's probably all that all that's happened so far is it it's been talked about uh the, the carpet thing is, is really um uh, grown exponentially. I mean, if if we were talking two years ago, we would say, "Well, we're still seeing how it's going to go and how much interest there's going to be," you know, kind of thing. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, we don't think. Uh, I, let me back up and phrase that differently. I think the sense of, of the executive committee is probably that we we don't want to replace the or the dirt ten scale off road with carpet or alternate between carpet and, and dirt. Uh, I think we probably look at it probably more as a, a separate discipline. Like we do um, carpet on road versus asphalt on road. So uh, mm-hmm. That's good. So let's, let's jump back, uh, talk a little bit of uh, fast lane raceway. You mentioned you got the riot uh, going on this weekend and uh, we got the, uh, winter in, you know, J Concepts Winter Indoor uh, Shootout and Invitational. That's in uh, November. Uh, what's the other race that you promote al- alongside of Mike Garrison? Oh, uh, in uh, January every year we do uh, uh, Off Road Jam, um, which is um, a, a, I'm going to call it conventional uh, mm-hmm. scale indoor uh, dirt race with with a few. Uh, you know, a few wrinkles that are are certainly not unique, you know, a dash for cash and some things like that. Um, uh, Mike, Mike tries every year to dream up something a, a little different uh, uh, t- to make the event uh, interesting. I mean, one year, one year we did the dash for cash for the uh, top qualifiers in uh, mod four wheel drive. And as they, after they brought their cars out and got them ready for the dash for cash, we told them to put their radios down and pull their cars off. And we handed them slashes and uh, made, them, made them run the dash for cash with our uh, house slashes instead of, uh, instead of their own cars. Just to, That's kind of cool. Just to trip them up a little bit uh, uh, kind of thing. So Mike, Mike is always uh, you know, kind of looking for something uh, to make the show a little bit different. And then, uh, you know, that, that'll be, uh, we haven't picked a date yet. Um, uh, this, like normally by now we have, but this, uh, the whole, uh, as you and I talked, uh, in, in, for the J concepts race here in November, uh, it's, um, the, the, the whole situation with the virus is, is, is makes this all, um, uh, a little diff- difficult to plan, but, um, we're, we're, 
we're not in as bad a shape as some other uh, industries. So, uh, yes. Speaking of the business in general, um, what is it? You know, what is it like having the, the hobby shop right now? And I know, uh, you know, obviously you got a bunch of tracks. You have a lot of rates equipment, but then also. Um, I'm sure you, you deal with the hobby end of things a little bit as well. What's, what's things been like for you throughout this year and, um, you know, being in the hobby business? Well, this year has been well, obviously unique as it has been for everybody. Uh, uh, we lost two months of two full months of, of race activity. And, um, that, that, that obviously puts a, a big hole in, in the finances. Uh, strange thing kind of was when we were allowed to reopen, uh, the race was kind of trickled back and, and there's still some people holding back that I think aren't racing that are uh, not going out in public as much as they, as they uh, have in, in the past. Uh, but, uh, what we lovingly call the basher side, uh, of the business, uh, exploded when we came back. Um, we, uh, we could not keep. Uh, Traxxas vehicles and Arma vehicles and, and uh, ECX vehicles, th those type of basher vehicles in stock. And, um, you know, we probably had the best June in terms of retail sales in, in our history uh, this June because of that. Now, the, the downside to that was by the second week in July, none of the manufacturers had anything in stock to sell us uh, for us to sell uh, to the customers who were still coming in looking to buy things because um, they were all caught kind of off guard by the demand. And, and I assume it's that, uh, uh, you know, driving an RC car in your backyard or a skate park or somewhere outdoors is something you can still do. Um, and uh, so a lot of people uh, uh, jumped in uh, to it uh, during that time. Uh, unfortunately, of course, you know, kids are going back to school because they were all off during all, uh, during this. Uh, and life is getting a little bit more back to normal. Uh, the manufacturers are now kind of caught up and, and stock is better, but it seems the demand is tapered off uh, just as uh, as they're able to get to get us material. So uh, it, it's been it's, it's been interesting, a bit of a challenge. So. Yeah. Right. And do you see things kind of moving along a little, a little differently as we kind of, and, you know, try to somehow get to the end of the road with this COVID or do you think it's going to change racing at all or change the way we do these indoor events? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, we've got, we have sneeze shields on our driver's stands and separate the driver's spaces. Uh, we've, we're in the process of completely refigure, reconfiguring our pits and, and going to actual kind of four-foot, I'm going to call them workstations, with sneeze shields on either side so that uh, we can tell our, our racers that while you're in your workspace, you don't have to wear a mask, but if you get up and move around in common areas, then you should wear a mask uh, and some things like that. Um, I, 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 I'd like to think that's not going to be permanent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless it turns out that everybody loves the idea of these work spaces and work cubicles, in which case then, um, uh, 
then, then they'll stay. But, uh, but it cuts down our capacity because uh, at a typical big race event, you don't stay six foot apart from everyone. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're kind of shoulder to shoulder. So uh, uh, we're looking this season at probably still have, at having to limit the number of people in attendance and uh, uh, hopefully uh, hopefully as the vaccine is developed or uh, better treatments are developed, uh, things are happening every day in, on those fronts that uh, we'll get back a, a little closer to normal. So, Is there a worry like that you hold like a, let's say Aurora Nationals and somebody says, oh, I got, I got the virus from Aurora Nationals. Is there anything there to that like a worry liability sort of thing oh yeah absolutely uh, i mean that i mean we, we i will tell you that as we discussed various options and trying to hold the different nationals this year i mean we frequently went well imagine imagine facebook roar gave me COVID. you know i mean everybody you know, yeah already likes to bitch about roar uh, so imagine if there was an outbreak at, at, at Aurora event, um, I, 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 we've, we've asked and haven't been able to get a definitive answer from the insurance company as to, you know, what happens, uh, you know, yeah, that's uh, what in, 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 and, and cause they're not sure, you know, sort of thing. Uh, I, we've had, uh, two scares here at our facility where we were wondering whether we we're going to have to close down and tell everybody who'd been here recently to quarantine for 14 days. Wow. Uh, but, uh, luckily in, in both cases, it was, well, in one case it was kind of a false alarm in the other case. Um, uh, it, uh, um, uh, the, the, we were able to, uh, the person who might have been exposed, we were able to kind of, um, how do I want to say, we able to isolate them um, be before they had contact with anybody else here. Right. And it turned out that they, they, they tested negative. So then we were okay. But yeah. sure, uh, um, it's, you know, we're a litigious society and, and it's an area that, that that's untested. But you can be, I'd be shocked if there isn't, if there aren't lawsuits uh, over somebody getting, uh, the virus in a public area and then somebody complaining that, uh, uh, that where they caught it, weren't following proper pr protocols. I mean, it's, we, we tell people, you know, like, I don't like wearing a mask. I don't like uh, the sneeze shields and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But, but if I, if I don't, as a business person, if you're, if you don't at least do what's recommended to prevent the transmission of the disease, you're, you're really opening yourself up for liability. Yeah. I mean, sure. um, you gotta, you, you gotta at least do the things that, that, uh, the experts say need to be done so that you can come back and say, look, I took every reasonable precaution. Uh, so, uh, and, and, and therefore the, you know, the individual, um, you know, bears responsibility as much or more than I do because we took all the proper precautions. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering about that. I, I mean, um, uh, I guess they could say, Oh, I got it there, but how are they going to prove it too? So I don't know. That, but Well, and, and I mean, that, that, that's going to be, I think that the, the, the most difficult part, uh, uh for those who want to try to, uh, uh, bring a lawsuit on it. I'll, although with contact 
tracing being done. Yeah. You know, they're doing a fairly good job of coming back to, you know, this choir practice or uh, this church service or uh, this uh, birthday party. Uh, so, yeah, that's true. Uh, so I suspect uh, that they might, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I'm bemused by the people who are, are worried that uh, I've got friends who, uh, think the coin shortage is a way to force us all to use credit cards and stuff so that they can track us. But these people are on their phone all the time doing Facebook and what, and, and whatever is you're already being tracked. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they, they don't need to know your payments to know where you're at. They, they know you're already being tracked. So, yep. um, uh, I always say that if I'm, you know, the tracking that's being done for me, they're like, man, this guy is just all about this RC stuff. Like I, I don't, yeah. like, I don't know if this is the. For me, they're I think like, we're does, gonna move on. We're does gonna he ever leave home? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If somebody looks at where I've been. They're gonna, they're gonna say, doesn't this guy have a real life? I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. If they look at me, they'll be like, man, this guy does nothing. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, I, I was wondering about that, so that's good stuff there. Uh, um, Justin Doyle asks, how much does Roar communicate with the car, motor, and battery vendors? Well, um, car, motor, and battery vendors are, um, are approval items. So you know, we're in um, rather frequent contact with them. And when we make, uh, in, in virtually, in, well, in the majority of cases, if we're looking at rule changes there, um, like the biggest recent one was a couple of years ago when we introduced the uh, resistance on spec motors, that's, that's all communicated to them in advance uh, that, okay, here's our proposal, here's what we're thinking about doing, and they're given an opportunity to, to respond. So, uh, and of course, you know, we get suggestions uh, fairly often uh, from uh, racers and manufacturers, uh, uh, on, on rules and things of that nature. So, okay. Hope that kind of answers the question. Yeah, sure. That's good enough for Justin. <laughs> it's just Justin. Yeah. It's just Justin. <laughs> so. uh, Will Britton. Justin's pumped. Will Britton says hi to you, Chuck. Hey, hi, Will. I see you popped up there. Yep. Yes. Uh, Will. Will Last I knew, Will was coming to the uh, J Concepts Winter Indoor Shootout and Invitational. So, oh yeah, he'll be there. We'll see him shortly. Yep. I hope so. I think uh, he talked about uh, doing several races coming up. So he's and and if I'm racing on dirt, man, maybe I'll maybe I'll race at the maybe I'll race at your track. If Will's going, I might race because then he can do my tires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Will did my tires, uh, and we were at the the race in Missouri uh, this year in that smack track, and uh, was dialed. There you go. So, of course, uh, if you run in the Invitational, you're going to be limited on tire prep. So. Oh yeah. I don't know if I get in the Invitational, though, anymore. Over 40. Maybe I get in the Invitational. I don't know. There you go. 
we'd have to make an exception. I think you know somebody. Yeah, he's like, hey, uh, <clears throat> I think the, I think the times I ran it, um, um, I want to say I got fourth or fifth the first couple years I ran. It was something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it it was uh it's a fun race, but man, you when you start looking at those points every round, you're like, man, why is this stacking up so high? Yeah. Uh, Justin says, uh, Chuck, do you have days where RC feels like the corporate world, or is it all rainbows? Oh, it, it is definitely not all rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd say it's like the corporate world, but it, it is definitely not all rainbows. Uh, it's my my my, my corporate. Exp you know, I, the, the RC is retail. Uh, consumer retail and my, my corporate life was all business to business. So it, it is dramatically different. And um, while I'm, I'm, I'm used to demanding customers uh, from the corporate world, it's, it's not the same as when the guy's standing across the, the counter from you uh, uh, making a reasonable or unreasonable demand. So um but the, the, the advantage of this compared to the corporate world is fundamentally we're doing something that's fun. Uh, and um, the satisfaction in, in running the business comes from looking out on those days when you've got a decent sized crowd of people enjoying themselves and you hear laughter and, and uh, see lots of smiles and people high-fiving each other occasionally uh, having a good time that you're, you're, you're providing the, uh, uh, the venue, the opportunity for them to, to, to have that enjoyment. And that's, that, that's fulfilling in a whole different way than um, looking at the bottom line uh, in, in, in terms of how profitable the, the corporation is or you know, how happy your shareholders or your, the board of directors <laughs> is kind of thing. So, the boys uh, on the board. The boys on the board. Yeah. yeah, so it's, uh, uh, and the feedback loop is a lot shorter in, 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 in this kind of a, of a world. I mean, if you, you, you know, when a racer has a bad race, you hear about it pretty pretty much immediately. So uh, uh, it, it's, it's completely different. It, but it's not all rainbows, but there's a, a, a tremendous amount of satisfaction uh, uh, from it. So, uh, and I tend to think of myself as kind of a, uh, at least, somewhat of a people person and so uh, the socialization and the interaction with folks is, is uh, uh, good. we uh, uh, we ran a, a dirt oval race a couple months ago and it wasn't far about an hour 15 minutes away and I, I kind of saw that with the owner there you know uh, it was his property he had a dirt oval race and you could see he was just so proud of the people there uh, that he was able to like, you know, people were set up, they're having a good time and man, you could see he was really, he was really affected by it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, that, that's, that's where the payoff is. I mean, I don't, if, if, uh, I, I, my experience in talking to most track owners is, um, they're not getting rich financially doing it but uh, uh they may be richly rewarded in terms of uh the satisfaction they get out of uh, watching people enjoy something they've built so 
Mm-hmm. Okay, well let's let's let Chuck run down the the list of the upcoming events he has, and if he wants to thank anybody uh, or the um, people specifically, go ahead and do that, and and where right. where they can where they where they can find you on social media and that type of thing. Well, we're starting again. We're at Fastlane uh, Fastlane Raceway uh, on Facebook. Uh, is is the easiest place to find us. We've got a Facebook page. Uh, we have a Facebook group um, where that we moderate. But uh, the guys that uh, frequent our track um, share ideas and thoughts and do some swap and sell stuff as well. Um, we're in Blue Springs, Missouri, which is a suburb of Kansas City. Um, and, um, I guess I'll put in a plug for, uh, this weekend. We're, uh, running the, uh, 2020 Off-Road Riot, uh, uh co-promoted with Mike and Brittany Garrison, uh, Boom RC. Um, I can't say enough about Mike and Brittany in terms of, uh, uh, they're great to work with and, and they put on, uh, great events and if you if you've ever heard if you have not heard mike announce a race uh you're you're you you you, you need to listen listen sometime to mike announce a race uh i, I awesome. can't imagine i cannot imagine how he can do a whole weekend's worth of racing uh i would lose my voice uh <laughs> and be worn out after after two heats uh, <laughs> uh, uh of, of his announcing and then uh coming up uh Jeez, I don't have the dates in front of me, but the second weekend in November, our uh, 10th annual J Concepts Winter Indoor Shootout and Invitational. Um, we've started out sound- sending out the invites to the invitational drivers. We're about two-thirds of the way through the field. Uh, I hope to finish that uh, up uh, probably next week after we're done this weekend. Uh, and... Uh, <coughs> And uh, date to be determined, our January jam, uh, again, with Mike and Brittany Garrison, uh, is always a good time uh, indoors. So uh, those are the, the big events here on the horizon at, at Fastlane. We have a weekly racing program, Wednesday night uh, and Saturday uh, off-road racing, Thursday night carpet oval, and Sunday on-road uh, carpet. So uh plenty of opportunities for people to enjoy uh, the racing side of the hobby uh, with us. So Good. And uh, I don't know if there's anyone and, else to give a well, shout I out. Want, I, want, I want to give a shout out to you, Jason. Obviously, I want to thank you and, and Gotti for the invitation to be on uh, the podcast tonight. But, yeah. uh, it, it, you know, to, to have your support um, uh, for, for 10 years, uh, for this race has, has been a great deal to us. It's, it's, I, I think your support of our early events, uh, when we were fresh, uh, was a large part of us being viewed as, uh, being a legitimate, uh, kind of RC track. And, and, uh, I, I, uh, you started this with, uh, I, I won't go through the whole history, uh, <laughs> uh with, but with, with Steve Hale, uh, who was working with us at, at, at uh, one point uh, for the first year and, um, uh, and then stuck with us when, uh, Steve retired from the, the hobby and I took over and wasn't really sure about off-road and, and what we were doing. Uh, but, uh, we really appreciate you sticking with us for these 10 years. So. Absolutely. 
been it's been fun. I know I've done the event a couple times. Jr. did the event a couple times. Thomas has been a couple times. Maybe even John went a couple times. So oh, John, yeah, yeah. We've had um, several guys enjoy going, and everyone's always comes back, and uh, they they always like it. They have a good time. Good. We we hope we can continue that. So we hope all the racers that come feel the same way. So. All right, Chuck. Well, we appreciate it, and um, check out that riot this weekend, and and then uh, look forward to the upcoming event in November and January. So, thanks again, Chuck, and appreciate yep. all your time with Roar too. I know it's not easy. All right. Well, thanks, and I appreciate Roar appreciates the support that uh, you and the other manufacturers have uh, show us as well. So, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, right, thanks, guys. Bye bye. Yeah, appreciate it. We'll see you. Take care, Chuck. All right. Do you cut me off or do I cut? There we go. Oh, he cut himself off. Awesome. My uh, my New England Patriots. I headed over there to Kansas City. Ooh, already. Yep. Good. So you're gonna get a little Mahomes. <laughs> uh, he's gonna he's tear gonna... you guys up, or what? <laughs> I guess so. Oh man. Anyway, the uh, what is it? Five hundred million dollar man? Is that what it is? Yeah, has a kid on the way though. Maybe he'll be distracted a little bit. Yeah, you hope. <laughs> uh, Justin Jubert was able to go to bed early because uh, the Kansas City Chiefs beat up on uh, his uh, Baltimore Ravens the other night, and uh, I think we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I won't be going to bed early. Anyway, awesome, awesome interview with Chuck. Um, yeah, just obviously super experienced now in RC, um, engineer, worked at Ford, uh, got into the supply side, brakes, uh, pretty awesome uh, that we have a guy like this in RC. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, so what did uh, you, you attend an event? Talk to us about the event that... Uh, or no, maybe we already we already talked about that. Yeah, we touched on it a little because, bit. I went yeah, the, yeah. I, I was actually thinking of the the Halloween. Oh, uh, the Halloween race coming up. coming up at LCRC. Yeah, I'm thinking about heading heading down there. You know, on a Sunday to watch the mains. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's now October. That you're addicted to nitro. What's that? Now that you're addicted to nitro. Well, I've always been addicted to nitro, but uh, yeah, I was like, you know what? I should get out of the house here and make it to some of these races. Only an hour down the road, right? No, it's, yeah, it's great. So as long as it's not too cold out, because man, like right now it's like forty-five degrees out. So, Whew. not during the day though. During the day, it's like you know sixty, but it should be pretty those nice. Going. Those guys going to that race. I mean, it was cold here. They had that race against cancer, and uh, at night it was pretty cold. Um, remember seeing some photos of um, ice on the windshield in the morning. Already, yeah, and uh, should be interesting in a few two weeks. But I might go to two that weeks. to watch uh, watch the mains. Dress up while you're out there. Dress, exactly. dress up for Halloween, right? <laughs> what should I? We got to come up with an outfit. Uh, when goes Jason Rona? I'm gonna get my J Concept shirt on, a pair of jeans, and some glasses. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Uh, or, uh, be that, uh, I could picture you doing that shower curtain, um, costume from the karate kid. 
You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where he walks in that party and he's wearing the shower curtain. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I knew that was you, LaRusso. We did, we did have people mention that we should be dressing up for the show around Halloween. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I, might not be a bad idea. Uh, I'm trying to think. What, Justin uh, says you were signing paychecks over there earlier. No. <laughs> I'm, I got some more artwork going. Like the, uh, what was it? The blue. The blue stones. <laughs> The blue stones, they never, you know, they're still nameless, right? I think there was a comment here about the blue stone. Yeah, they're still the football team. Yeah, they, uh, I was trying to draw flames earlier. It wasn't going good. <laughs> I thought you were taking some notes, some actual notes. I, I, I actually I do. I have a couple notes. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, I got all this paper and I'm writing them on napkins, so. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Rona, everyone. The Blue Stones. Let's see. Justin Jubert says, Blue Stones, Blue Ford Oval, and Blue Springs in Blue Jeans. <laughs> it's about the blue. Um, all about the blue. All right. We'll have to write all this down. Okay. So we got, you know, and then the guys say that if you like the Bigfoot monster truck, you're a blue blood. Oh, okay. So. So now we got blue stones. Do we got any questions other than <laughs> blue stones? Now we just got a lot of people laughing. Uh, Pete, Pete from Houston. Pete Phillips, nice track behind you, Gotti. That's the fast lane raceway. In the beginning, I had LCRC just- up there. Oh, I forgot. What was after Blue Springs? Oh, Blue oh, Jeans. Um, Blue Springs Blue and Blue Jeans. Kind of like a catchy little tune there. Yeah. Blue Stones, Blue, Stones, Blue, Blue Ford, Oval, Blue, Oval, Spring. Blue Springs, and Blue Jeans. Um, so, yeah, we just actually we had a couple... Uh, giveaway items and just sent some stuff over on my um, my one facebook page we did a what were my two favorite movies and um, kurt winger and pete phillips actually guessed one each uh so we kind of split the prizes and then i ended up getting out another body for pete so he's gonna have some cool stuff showing up pretty soon yeah and uh yeah my my number one favorite movie is lone wolf mcquaid that's my favorite movie and then uh quick change quick change Mm -hmm. bill bill murray lone wolf mcquaid 1983 yeah chuck norris yep now i like these I liked that movie because I liked it when I was a kid mm-hmm. and I still, I mean, it's not the greatest movie. I mean, it's not like, you know, some award winning, but I just, I was liked it. So I just, I would say it's my favorite, but, and then, uh, 
that quick change movie always kind of makes me laugh, so that's good. J.J. McQuaid is a former Marine and Texas Ranger who prefers to work alone and carries a large forty-four Magnum revolver for a, for a duty sidearm. He lives in an old, rundown house in the middle of nowhere with a pet wolf. That sounds like you, J.J. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, J.J. McQuaid, Texas Ranger. Um, you can actually go on YouTube and watch like the first 10 or 15 minutes of that movie where they got a good soundtrack in that movie. I think it was somewhat of a famous guy created the soundtrack for that movie. And, uh, it's a lot of whistling at the beginning of that movie. They show the, the dot, the wolf in a lot of scenes. And then Chuck Norris is eventually on top of a mountain looking over, um, a, a group of criminals, I guess, that are stealing, uh, stealing horses. So he's um, watching this go down, trying to determine what he's going to do. And as the Texas Ranger, so he's uh, so he's watching this whole thing go down, trying to determine what to do. Then the cops kind of like the state police move in, they helicopter in, and all of a sudden they think they're going to arrest all these guys and they just mow down <laughs> all the criminals just mow down the, the, the state police and, and uh, he's watching this going, all right, now what am I going to do? So that's, that's like the first 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. That's him. there. <laughs> um, the badass of badasses. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's actually from the, the top, the top where he's watching the stuff go down the horse stealing and uh this is yeah so this movie was you know like you said came out in 83 and then he later did that walker texas ranger which was a television show just you need a cowboy hat like that I have one. That's what you can do for Halloween show. You can wear a cowboy hat. Get this I can shirt. Just dress up like him. Yeah. Get that shirt. Make sure you throw some dirt on it. And you already have the jeans. You're all set. Yeah. Just the gun. Should I, should I go with the gun or probably not a good idea? Yeah, sure. Why not? Probably not a good idea. Probably not a good idea. <laughs> all right. I bought a cowboy hat at the Silver State last year. Silver State Nitro Challenge. Oh, really? Because they were having like a like a horse event or rodeo or something there. So I have a, I already have a cowboy hat, but uh, we're right. There's your outfit for Halloween show. Uh, yeah. So first 10, 15 minutes of this movie, pretty cool. Uh, um, John Bolton yeah. says Chuck Norris is not afraid of COVID. COVID is afraid of Chuck Norris. It's true. It's actually true. <laughs> Oh, yes. You need to do this for your outfit, Jason. Draw on go. a beard. <laughs> you need to do it. We already got You've got to show up for this. in For that episode. In costume. With the beard. What, what would be even more fun is to Take shoe be polish. able to be... What would be fun is even be in character. I'd like to be able to be in character, too. <laughs> we got to do this. 
Oh, we got an RC question here. Do you think we'll have a repeat winners at Masters of Dirt? Dakota slash AJ. Well, I, I think I think we got Dakota, you know, who's coming again this year. Last year, I think the comp the main competition was Dustin Evans. He had won the Masters stuff last year. Um I think Dakota's probably the favorite, but Spencer's coming this year. And I think that Spencer's going to provide some definite competition to Dakota. So this is going to be a little, I think it's going to be a little bit bigger of a competition maybe than it has ever been to win that, uh, that whole um, collection of classes. I'd be interested to see if Spencer's got his, stadium truck ready because i know he's gonna have to run stadium truck to do it that's the final fight right there by the way um so yeah i I don't know i don't think dakota's just gonna come in and sweep all three classes this time especially with a single main situation I i think i think someone might be able to get a main or two from them and then that's going to come down to how you do in all the other classes to see if you can win that masters overall aj he's going to be tough to be beat in those three classes i think especially because he's using my stadium truck oh <laughs> no that thing's never been run before uh but aj is going to be hard to beat in those in those classes he's really good there at that track he's always won something it seems like uh, he's gonna be tough in that. Yeah. Let's get back to this movie. Yeah, that's the final fight right there. Chuck Norris and David Carradine. Justin says didn't know Spencer is coming. That's huge. Speaking of, I, I gotta get with Spencer here. We could do our football podcast. Yeah. Time to get on the get a show get the show on the road there. For the Thursday night game. So yeah, Spencer's showing up. Yeah, that's it is huge. And uh, actually, uh, so Spencer, I think Dustin's coming, and I think Brent's actually going. Oh wow! Um, Stacked. Paul's gonna go uh, with Jake Concepts. He's either going with AJ or Julian or both. Uh, I'm going to our carpet national race in Missouri, not Missouri, but Minnesota. So otherwise. Otherwise, I would be there too, but I'm going to do our uh, our event, and I'm going to race. I'm going to race our carpet race in uh, Minnesota. Nice. Do some 40-plus, see what I can do there. I need to see if I can I need to try to win a 40-plus class at uh, this <laughs> carpet race. I think I can do it. I, I need to get a little bit of practice. If I get a little bit of practice in. Practice? Come on, man. My camera froze. Are we talking about practice? Oh, you did freeze. I like it, though. It's like That's on your end, brother. The old internet. Take that movie. Take that movie off the screen, Gotti. We're on a good roll here with RC. Come on. This is a Lone Wolf McQuaid pod. I say, ju- <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll pod. we can start another podcast. <laughs> Jason froze. This is great. I like that. 
can I like click out of it and then go back? Yeah, you could try. If... See Stop if I can game. remove you here. <laughs> Jason went dark. <laughs> Love it. Put Masters of Dirt up. Uh oh. Put Masters of Dirt up. You know what? It's going to be a solid race. Super solid. Uh, we've been wrenching. We got a couple events coming up. We just been. We got a. I got uh, five or six new press releases here. I we got to get going, get out on the market, and just a lot of new products we're working on and uh, hitting these race events. We got a lot of. Um, uh, I gotta do your. You know what this you. is? This is like LeBron James playoff mode. <laughs> Right, right. Because he doesn't. He he goes. Uh, what is it? Silent goes, goes dark. It's yep. Dark. What is it called? Dark. Um, silent dark thirty. What I forget what it is. Zero dark thirty. Is zero dark thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's playoff mode. That's me getting ready for the monster truck race <laughs> coming up in October, and the over forty carpet race in Minnesota. I'm going full LeBron James playoff mode. Hmm. Um, I was going to say to you about that. <laughs> LeBron James. Oh, Lakers dominating the heat yesterday. Um, this is another title for you guys. Yep. 17 incoming. Jason, maybe it's not new. Jason got a new computer. Yep. New monitor. It's all set. Mm-hmm. And he went the, the Ben dark. Q. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Ben Q. Oh. All right. So, what do we got going on this weekend, Jason? Uh, I'm going to be working. Um, if the guys, if there's maybe a race to go to or something somewhere, or some practice, I don't know. Maybe Paul and I will get together, be able to go somewhere and run, or I don't know. We'll figure something out. Yeah. Nothing that I'm traveling to uh, out of the area. So uh, I'm here for a couple weeks. Nice. And that means we'll be heading into episode 221. Yeah, next week. I've already <clears throat> talked to some other people, getting some feelers out there for upcoming people to be on the podcast. Like a chuck in the background I'm trying to do some different things here but that's definitely on your end hmm. well i have to check this movie out then is it on netflix uh i don't know you can go on youtube and watch you can at least watch the beginning let me see if i can even give you the link jb says 40 zero dark 40 now it's 30 yeah unless she's referring to the 40 plus class oh <laughs> Look at her thinking outside the box. That's actually pretty clever. <clears throat> Zero dark 40. Jason's almost 50, though, so. Oh, no, 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 no. You're a lot closer than I am. No. No. Oh. You're you're older than me. You can rent it on, on YouTube. Uh, no, no, it's free. Or no, that's free for me because I'm a. Oh, I'm premium. I'm premium. Are you, you yeah. can go on here. Yeah, you convinced me to go premium, and then uh, I tried it out, and it's awesome. I like it. Yeah, no ads and all that, surveys and stuff like that. 
This is so cool. And actually, it works good when we're sharing. Um, if we, we do the screen sharing with the races and stuff, I don't have to wait for an ad to pop up on some things. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is, they have the whole movie on here. This is awesome. Yeah, I'll check it out. You're back now. Look at that. There you go. So if you want to watch, oh, my bad. If you want to watch this, Lone Wolf McQuaid. How many national titles do you have, Jason? None. For real? Uh, Roar. I have no Roar national titles. What? Oh. All right. So here we'll just, uh, there you go. Zero XL. That's me. You know, <laughs> hey, 96 Nats, you came that close, bro. That close. We always have Here's to bring it up. Here's what I say. Okay. What do you say? What's your response to the zero national titles? It's, um, I, I had. I mean, I have zero too. Well, Surprising. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had the race. Brian Kinwald, that was the problem. <laughs> I play right there. Um, I am the RC version of Charles Barkley, John Stockton, Carl Malone, Patrick Ewing, Sean Kemp, <laughs> Gary Payton, um, Clyde Drexler. No, he got one with Houston. But anyway, um, did good there. Yeah, I mean that's I'm the RC version of those guys because every time when I was at my best. Uh, Mark Pavitas or Brian Kenwell was better than, than I was. You can actually include maybe Greg Hodap in that too. He was he did really good during that that time uh, that time frame. But that was that was a that was a really that was a really good era. Um, but yeah, the best I ever did was at the Roar Nationals was second. I got second in two wheel, second in four wheel, second in. Did I get second in mod truck? I don't know. I've had people ask, Have you, Did you ever win the worlds? It's like, No, but I was standing next to Brian Kinwall when he did. <laughs> what's the uh, What's the highest you finish at the world? S- seventh. Okay. I qualified fourth, was the highest I ever qualified, and I finished seventh. All right. I broke in one of the mains. Um, I think the first, probably the, I'm trying to think the, I think the best I felt was probably the, the, either the 97 or the 99 worlds. Those are probably where I felt the, the quickest. And at 97 worlds, I broke in the first main. Um, but, yeah, it, it would have, but I mean, at the, you know, at the end of the day, it's like just to get in the top five at, at something like that is big. Um, yeah. We, we you know, know even you're when I, even when I was racing and I'd look at the qualifying order and it's strange because I never really, I never considered myself, um, you know, being at the level in that tier. Uh, well, at the level of a Kinwald or a Mark Pavitas, but, you know, I, I was at that Worlds in Finland in 1999, and I was like, okay, Mark was TQ, Brian was second, 
Masami was third and I was fourth. Damn. So it's like, I, I don't know. I, no, I, was, I think, I, I think I was quite an accomplishment. Um, I, what is it called when you're, um, out something your coverage what is it like i out um um, you know when when a guy will say that he overachieves or he gets a girl that's way better looking than him and (laughs) so out of his league out of your league out of your league Uh, i wasn't out of my league but i mean clearly those three guys were are three? I mean, on the list that I made, they're they're three of the top eleven drivers of all time. So it's like, I mean, if you you figure out that, um, that's uh, that's a, an amazing list. I mean, you're talking about like, you know, <clears throat> it's like if you're in the NBA or you're a basketball player, it's like you're, it's like oh okay, you got the the, the three positions here is like oh Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, and then you got like you know me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, the dark horse. No, it was uh, those. I, I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade those the the world's experiences I had for. Um, any any wins for sure. I mean, if I had to weigh them, I, those were the best experiences I had uh, because there's nothing like racing in the same race as Masami and uh, and these guys. The the top the top Americans, the top international drivers, <laughs> all at the same time. There's nothing like racing with with everybody at the same time. So I don't know. I never experienced yeah, I did, that. Yeah, when you're on the driver's stand and you see Masami going through like his pregame routine of like stretch, you know, <laughs> stretch like, it out. He was, the, he was the guy stretching, and yeah, like he would stretch, and and I'm just, I'm like, I'm in the same race with this guy. Were you just like looking at him, like, man, what are you doing? <laughs> well, you'd seen him do it before, uh, yeah. Or I, or I had. Um, was he on the driver's stand had, stretching? Yeah, and sometimes you do it behind the driver's stand. Yeah. And were you like, is just, this something I should be doing? You're like, what's up with my routine? <laughs> I like uh, Paul Lemieux's uh, routine. Eat a Big Mac before the main. He says, he says good greasy food in his stomach calms his nerves. Hmm. So that's a, quite the opposite of what Masami was doing. I don't remember... Uh, Corey Jordan says, what about Corey Jordan? He's a bad man. Yeah. He's got the right name for sure. Oh. It should be Corey, Corey Bryant. Oh, brother. Jordan. <laughs> so, what were we talking about? Oh, being nervous up there. Yeah. You know, to me, uh, the most nervous... I think that I would ever be in racing is when you were at a big race in a situation where it was only one run that counted to make um, the rate, the main. So it wasn't like if more points or any of that type of thing. And where you knew this was the only shot you had and you were on a good run and you're like, 
a minute to go. And I always felt like that was probably the most nerve wracking is finishing off something that, you know, you got one shot at. Um, and then, and then TQing races that you think, or that people think you should win, I guess you could say, like if they're local or regionals, or I think sometimes finishing off those races are a little more nerve wracking. I wasn't really all that nervous racing in the world's mains because I wasn't the guy sitting on TQ that had everything to lose, (laughs) you know? Um, but the thing that was always uncomfortable is the countdown they would do that the, the computer system and the, where, you know, they, you get your car gridded and then, you know, like at a normal race, you, you get your car gridded and then everybody just goes, okay, less than five go. But at this type of race where they have a countdown and it, and it, it beeps and it goes 10, 9, 8, 7. And it just feels like it's taking forever. <laughs> and you're like kind of a position to race and you're getting like kind of into it. You're getting like a little nervous. And then the 10 starts 10, 9. And you're just like, you're like, this is taking forever. And by the time they get to one, you're like, you're like I, I can't use take bathroom. it anymore. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I couldn't. Um, the stuff these guys go through that that do TQ the events and have to start from the pole at the worlds oh, and man. go through all that, and uh, they're the badasses for sure. <clears throat> uh, Jason says, "Was Gotti nervous in the P main?" <laughs> I was nervous because, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was nerve wracking. Speed, Trinity Speedworks race, and all the big wigs were around the track. Well, they weren't exactly watching the P main, but I didn't want to upset uh, Joel Johnson because he. Yeah, you got his setup. He 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 worked on my car before the main, and I didn't want to disappoint him. Yeah, it's a good idea. So I was nervous, and I had my Magic Motorsports shirt on too in the P main. I mean, I was probably embarrassing the hell out of uh, Trinity and Joel, but uh, but I did win it. So there you go, and it was fulfilled. There was ten cars in there. Nobody went home early. Or nothing. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. Stayed. Yeah. they stayed. They yeah. stayed. They're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run this P main out, and you want it. Yeah. To be fair, that was like one of my first oval races, so you know, don't, uh, don't rag on me too much there. Uh, Michael Jordan going NASCAR racing. How about that, Jason? Gotta make this quick because uh, Spencer is waiting for me. <laughs> oh. Uh. Honestly, I haven't read anything about it. It's probably a bad decision. Maybe he has money. He's got full, he needs, tons of bad he's decisions. Got, he's got money that he has to spend, I guess. But I can't imagine that being. Um, no. I can't imagine him making money doing that. That's got to be just some uh, extra expenses. And the way that that guy likes to win, he's going to end up dumping a lot of money into that, I would imagine. Yeah. The, the 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 problem that he's had is making uh, good decisions. assembling assembling winning things. He has been a good winner on his own over time, but he's had trouble putting together winning things. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can be a winner. Yeah, I did see one in some fishing tournament. What was that a couple months ago? What? 
yeah, he some monster. He had like a fishing team, and he was like, there was this picture of him on social media with this monster, <laughs> this monster fish. Like, I mean, it's I don't. Even, I mean, it's in. Uh, so, so he has a fishing a team. team? He, yeah, it was like they. It was a big fishing tournament. It was like a, you know, one of those. <laughs> I just call it deep sea fishing. I don't know what it's called, but I mean, look it up. It's him with this monster, monster yeah, fish. Right Maybe it's not even. We'll take down my wagon hill hobbies. That's that's Jason. That's where the ninety six gnats, of course. I blew a one main to nothing lead over Kenwald. Right. Blew it. He could have ended that double X four production. Yeah, the double X four, if I would have won that second main, would not even existed. They would have been like, so we brought three custom prototype cars here, <laughs> put it put it in the hands of Brian Kenwald, Greg Hodap, and John Anderson. And, and this kid and this clown, Jason Rowe. Yeah, this kid just <laughs> you know. <laughs> And he doesn't even care about running four wheel. Right. That's it. That's the fish. That's the team. What's it say there for a record? Wait, 442 pounds. Yeah, Catch 23. Look at that's the name of the boat. <laughs> Catch 23. <clears throat> Jordan was like, "Perfect. That's what I bet. I, I knew so you guys would." So, of do everything that. out of, so everything out of that he's done outside of him playing, that's probably the most success success I've seen him have. Fishing. Fishing. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Um, John Bolton says, "Don't you hate the ones you just miss?" That haunts Jason to this day. Ninety six. Which one? I honestly never think about the '96 Nats. Well, racing. we we uh, make sure we always we talk play. we talk about it, but I, I never actually think about the um, that race part of it. What you could have done, wow, man! <clears throat> All right, there's a couple races I think about that I that I wish I could do different um, or have a, a different result, but that's not one of them. Okay. I overachieved so. in that main. <laughs> oh man. All right. I remember like winning the race and like coming off the driver's stand and everybody's just like, what? Like, <laughs> like they're just like, well, how, did you the, they're, like how did you win the four wheel? A main number one or whatever. And I'm like, just oh, like, oh, just drove it. Know. Yeah. It's like, these guys are going to give it to me. I'll take it. How nervous were you in the second main? I don't think at all. Like mm. I don't. We're we didn't up there care shaking. about four. We didn't care about four wheel back then. I think. Yeah, Reedy you were just, saying. I think Reedy just signed us up for four wheel <clears> because <throat> maybe it was like a, you know, maybe another way to get into the invite at the Reedy race, or you know, because yeah. if you made top ten in four wheel, you'd get in the invite. So he would just sign us up for four wheel, and it's like, okay, you're gonna run four wheel. You're just like, oh. All right. that, that was a big one though because of that double x4 yeah well they didn't even know you know you go in there I th uh there was they wouldn't have known that they had the double x4 or the double so Losi surprised everybody showing up there with oh that? yeah yeah oh, nobody okay. knew that would happen yeah all right um well we're getting some more people in here but uh bolton says was top secret like spencer's yet to be seen world's car i don't know what's spencer's top yet to be seen world's car 
Is he talking about like his car that he ran in Slovakia? Mm. I think that's what he's talking about. Spencer's uh, car from Slovakia actually is very, um, they're all associated parts, production parts. I think they mixed matched a couple, something with the rear arms or dog bone sweep or something. Um, there's no major anything on that, on that car. Uh, it's all oh, that's one is stuff that it's all stuff that people could could assemble with with uh, with parts. It's nothing, definitely nothing. So, so there's no photos of the. I don't think there's the, any photos with the body off. There's photos with the body on. Uh, wonder why but it's it, it's well. I that's probably why people think, think there's like top secret stuff on yeah, it. Then obviously. but it wasn't like the the car he won with in Japan. Now that was a a very prototype very early uh rear end the rear end of that car was very uh prototype but um his car from slovakia is a very stock car and the, the car that was even more stock than his was angaro's who damn near won the hmm. uh, vide angaro's car was pretty much whatever car we were using at the time i don't know if it was a b 6.1 or if it was a b6 i think it was a b6.1 I mean, that thing was very stock. He probably had stock turnbuckles on that thing. Aluminum. <laughs> Aluminum <laughs> turnbuckles and oiled bearings. <laughs> oiled bearings. Oh, uh, when Spencer can talk about this on his on your football podcast, but we went, I talked to him about these bearings, uh, the oiled versus the greased bearing situation. Okay. And he'll fill you in on that because I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring this up to you. Just because I want to say that I did, Gotti says he knows everything about these bearings. I'm just no from what I read, right? <laughs> I, know, so. I know I saw it on Reddit, and I read this months ago, and then all of a sudden I'm seeing the issues pop up, and I'm like, wait a minute. He'll he'll explain to, a couple things too. You won't have to get into what everything, but he he, <laughs> it'll be funny. Now, so. okay, all right, we're gonna go. All right, John Bolton says ex- I extended the show. Yes, he did, but that that's all right. That's hey, all right. You know what? Good job. Yeah. All right, we'll Watch see. Watch Lone Wolf McQuaid. What's that? Watch Lone Wolf McQuaid. I will do that. I will do. I'll fast forward through that. You know how I fast forward Good. through movies. I can't sit that through Good. a two-hour movie. <laughs> I'll look for the important scenes. I'm All right, I'm out of here. All right, we'll see you through. We'll see you and you and you and you for episode two twenty-one next week.
Thank you.